Have you ever thought you were being watched by something impossible to see? Maybe you've been the one watching and witnessing things you shouldn't be. You may even be actively avoiding the paranormal and spooky, yet it still finds you. Join me as I regale my guests with unimaginable horrors of unknowable evil. You're right on time for The Goblin Hour. Hello. Welcome to The Goblin Hour. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Ben, here with the new new guest today. Someone I, you know, normally my guests know pretty well, but this is a collab this time, so all you fans, get excited. This is uh, Jackson. Hi. Real. Hi, everyone. Yes, yes. Oh, thank you. They thank love you. it. The studio oh, audience. Okay, okay. They're I appreciate crowd. it. They're a yes. good crowd. They're so amazing. Well, uh, yeah, all of you probably should know me from my uh, New York Times smash hit Real podcast. Uh, of course, you know, in the paranormal world, finding these entities, these ghosts. Goblins, ghouls. Yeah, it's not an everyday occurrence, and uh, sometimes you got to team up. You got to team up. You got to go over the hard evidence. And, um, you know, normally on Goblin Hour, we tackle things that are a little more tangible than, you know, ghosts or demons. We, te- uh, we tend to fight uh, Bigfoots, sometimes Chupacabras, sometimes uh, the Jersey Devil, Mothman, all sorts of fun, wacky characters. But, you know, considering that this is real, I figured we would go over 12 real ghost stories that will send shivers down your spine. Wow. From wow. the website, um, doesn't say, but that's uh, I it mean, is stolen. We don't we don't question where some of this information comes. I when mean, when, when Warren Khan tells you a story, you listen. Yes, that's how it is. When guests come on real, and they say they have a story that I won't believe, I don't ask where it's coming from. I don't ask who they are. You get ready to sit there in disbelief. I just get ready to sit there and wait for the spine. Be chilled. Okay, that's fair. But yeah, so um, I normally start by saying, you know, do you believe in ghouls? Do you believe in demons? Believe in the scary supernatural? Or do you think it's a bunch of hoopla? Well, maybe hoopla is good. Yeah? Maybe maybe people say and, you know, rack off certain things as make make-believe. Well, what if make-believe is actually... What we are believing. I thought you were going to say if it's real. Were you trying <laughs> it's not real. to say it? Well, okay. We, well, maybe that didn't come out quite right. But what I'm trying to say is I believe in what people don't believe in. Okay. Interesting. So would you consider yourself to be one of the bravest and boldest of ghost hunters? Oh, yes. Okay, because yes. that's what this is for. It says calling on the bravest and boldest of ghost hunters. These scary stories are not for the faint of heart. Well, I'm right here. Okay. You know what? You know, hold on, wait. I also generally say, where do we meet? What's our relationship? Like I said, I, I don't know you too well. We've had a couple classes together this yeah, year. Yeah, well, I think what brings us in common and what's brought us here tonight is... Uh, we both want to kill ghosts. We both want to kill ghosts. <laughs> we both want to hunt them, track them. Exterminate them. Exterminate them. Find Bigfoot. Oh, Yes. Okay. I think that's our relationship. We're both ghost hunters. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, You know what? I can get behind that. So I guess I'll just start by reading this. Uh, it has a preamble. Do you want me to read the preamble or just get into the scary horror? Let's, let's see what this is about. Okay. Let's, let's see what they're talking about here. Okay. 
The best ghost and scary stories feel so real. Mm. That's your name. Okay, okay. That's the name of your show. Already got my attention. So believable and so utterly chilling that they virtually guarantee you at least one night, if not more, spent tossing and turning while listening for creaking floors and the sound of ghostly moaning. Of course, that is the paradox inherent in ghost stories. The better they are, the worse you'll sleep at night. This is true even if you're a dyed-in-the-wool supernatural believer. Mm. You know, the type of person who has memorized details about Halloween's origins, isn't scared to eye some creepy photos, knows the backstory behind Halloween monsters, spends Friday the 13th reading Ouija board stories. Oh, yeah, that's me. These are some alpha males that it's describing right now. Oh, yeah, that's, oh, that's especially me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. In the spirit of the season, yeah, this is just them talking about how they've found some awesome stories. Whoa, I've never lived in a house, but my mother did as a teen, writes Reddit.com user. Okay. That's sick. I, how do you feel about Reddit? Well, I mean, I think a lot of good ghost stories come from Reddit. Yeah. You know? I mean, where else are you going to post your ghost stories on social media? Not too many people go on Instagram. You can't go on Instagram and say, I saw a ghost. People are going to yeah. laugh you out of there. Yeah, you know. You can't do it on Twitter. You got like 10 characters. Nope. Nope. People are just going to, you know, not like it because you're not verified. Yeah, so. that's crazy. That's a crazy controversy. Elon Musk is a real piece of. Uh, and oh I yeah, yes. Tell me about him. Yeah, that's tell me about him. That's what I've been saying for years since day one. Lizard people, am I right? That's facts. But yeah, I don't know. I think that's that's like the most interesting part of the preamble. We're gonna just get right into this then. Okay, let's let's uh, let's dive in. Let's dive. Let's jump right into this. Okay. Wait, what the hell? Where'd it go? Oh, here it is. The first one. The Phantom Patient. How's that name make you feel already? Scared? So, from the title, I'm going to think this is maybe in a hospital. I would agree. There's this awesome graphic here that says, Am I Dying? Uh, we have a stretcher and a monitor. Yeah. Okay, so, this may be like uh, the last words of somebody. Probably, like yeah. Okay. Also, it's so funny how much the mood is killed by these this class next door. Yeah. People are like legitimately yelling. They're talking about news. I wonder I wonder how much they believe in ghosts and ghouls. Maybe we can see about getting one of them in here for the finale. We may. We may. Hey, any of you guys like ghosts? Come on in. Anyway. That's how I get all the ladies in my really in my room. You like ghosts? I like ghosts. I got a ghost in here for you. Yep. All yep. Right. Cool, how it works. All right, let's let's do it. Let's read it. The ambulance company that I used to work for had a haunted ambulance, Rig 12. God damn. Recounts Reddit.com user Zerbo. A lot of EMTs had stories about it, but I never put much stock in paranormal stuff. That is, until I had my own experience with Rig 12. My partner and I were working in a rural community at 3 a.m. It was pitch dark and completely quiet. We were both dozing. I was in the driver's seat, and she was in the passenger seat. I woke up to a muffled voice, but I thought my partner was talking. I told her I was trying to sleep and closed my eyes. I distinctly heard a male voice say, Oh my God, am I dying? Followed by a few seconds of heavy breathing. My partner and I sat up straight and looked back into the patient compartment where it sounded like the voice had come from. Things were quiet for a couple of seconds. Then we heard the click of an oxygen bottle regulator and a hiss as if it was leaking. We turned on the lights and we ran out of the rig. I thought a transient might have climbed in while we were sleeping. So we opened the rear doors. No one was there. I checked the oxygen bottles. Neither was opened. We didn't sleep much after that. Okay. I mean, so far, I mean, the story starts off saying it was 3 a.m. Yeah. That's a good sign. Mm-hmm. 
That's the witching hour. That's a good sign. To those of you who don't know. Mm-hmm. 3 a.m. is one of the scariest numbers, scariest times. I, You know, we want to talk about 3 a.m. over on Real. Yeah. After this, you might have to go check it out to hear okay. my awesome yeah. 3 a.m. Yeah. ghost story. But okay, yeah. scary time. I'm looking forward to that. Because, yeah, 3 a.m., it may be the most scary time, but it's also the most exciting time. Yeah. So we, how do we feel it's on this uh, one? This one real? Well, is that it? Is that the story? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I like it, but at the same time, just because I'm a believer mm-hmm. doesn't mean I can't be a skeptic. That's fair. This story for me, out of five, what do you get it in terms of credibility? I don't know. Uh, they heard a, they heard a hissing. They heard a voice hissing yeah. from the oxygen tank. You know, while 3 a.m. is a scary time, mm. they're also pretty tired. They're also they're working tired. in the ambulance. They've been going crazy all day, probably. I think they're just, honestly, I think they're just trying to get off early. Yeah. Okay. I, they didn't They didn't see anything real ghost or goobly. It's just kind of broken old bus, whatever. All right. <sighs> sad, sad to miss the first one on that article, but. Hole poked. Okay, so that one is not real. It's they not still real. have a lot of other time, though, to come in. Next one is titled The Impish Ghost. Why are these all from Reddit? My neighbor Diane and I had a <laughs> playful poltergeist for years, and we called it Billy. So it begins Reddit.com user Abby's Alibi in their real-life ghost story. I'd come home and find something put in a weird place. Milk in a cupboard, toilet paper in the fridge, laundry detergent in the bathtub. Diane once called to ask if Billy had been around because she couldn't find a gallon how does this work hold on I got completely lost she couldn't find a gallon yep gallon of milk sure alright when I'd had enough I would point to Diane's home and yell go see Diane with that whatever this cut off it cut off weirdly this is all weird huh just that story yeah I think just that one at least the other ones have longer like all right, we're skipping to the boy with no eyes. That right, one, we'll not just, real. We'll just cut that out. That one was lame anyway. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, we had a friendly ghost. No, tell me something scary. Yeah, what's going on with the friendly ghost? I'm here to cry, not to be bored. Next is the boy with no eyes. You see? Ooh, okay. That one sounds better than uh, there was a little ghost in my house that stole the milk. This one's going to be scary. Okay. One night when I was 10, I was woken up by my bedroom door opening, followed by someone sitting on my bed. Reddit.com user KMendo4 recalls of a childhood brush with a very persistent ghostly apparition. I felt my leg grazed and the bed sink under a person's weight. It's just mom, I thought, and I opened my eyes. It was not my mom. I found an eyeless boy. He had black, empty sockets about my age sitting at the foot of my bed. He extended his hand, and in it was a little box. I was startled but reached out. He pulled back. I reached again and said, Give it! Then I blinked, and when I reopened my eyes... It was gone, but I could still see the imprint where he'd sat on my bed. Fast forward five years, my girlfriend came over to do homework. After she finished, she took a nap while she waited for her parents. When they arrived, I tried waking her up. She opened her eyes suddenly, looking up at a corner where the wall met the ceiling. She pointed there and went back to sleep. I shook her again. She came to full consciousness, and I explained what she'd done. She looked haunted. Up on the wall, I saw a little boy with no eyes. He was there in a Spider-Man pose, staring at me. I freaked out and told her my story about the same kid. Fast forward another five years, I was with the same girlfriend and we had a two-year-old. We were living in my parents' house in my old room. My daughter started waking up at the same time every night and she'd talk. 
After a while, I noticed she had almost the same conversation every night. I playfully asked her once whom she was talking to. She said, it's a little boy. He's nice. He's lost and looking for his mommy. My daughter's nightly conversations continued until we got our own place later that year. Well, that was a, that was a great story. Um, the yeah. boy with no eyes. Okay, okay. Well, I like how it's uh, divided into three sections, at least. you know. Yeah, we have uh, the first act where he fights it, and he mm-hmm. loses, unfortunately. Second act, girlfriend's there loses third act daughter's there and she comes to some sort of compromise with it yeah um i think the part that i'm kind of stuck up on is he doesn't really address this again but what was that box yeah that's a great question could be pandora's box maybe he's Mm -hmm. the one who unleashed suffering into the earth but very very well it could be pandora's box um well i don't know Everything except, everything, I don't know. Here's what got me. He wakes up. Did this get you scared or did this get you saying, hold on, hold your horses. Well. This sounds false. It's got me almost scared, but yeah, there is something holding me back. It's, uh, I don't know. He, I feel like as a, as a child expecting it to be your mom waking up then mm-hmm. seeing it's a eyeless boy holding a box, that his first reaction is, Give me that box. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, I feel like I wouldn't care if he had a box. <laughs> He'd be a little bit like, what are you doing in my room, dog? You got to get yeah. out of here. I'm sleeping. But they don't bring, they don't bring up the box again. Maybe that guy's just kind of got a thing with boxes and his girlfriend, like, daughter doesn't. Yeah. You know what sleep paralysis is? Oh, yeah. To me, this is sleep paralysis. This is just immediately. He woke up and saw a scary thing on his bed, and he mm. wasn't acting normal. Mm. Dude was still dreaming, but with a scary demon overlaid on the on the dream. Yeah. Very well. Very well could be. We got to find one. We got to prove one of these real. You know, this one, yeah, this one, I'll, I'll give a pass. I'll give a maybe for because of the... I don't know. It's a classic story. I mean, it's one that's been told a hundred times. Everyone saw the ghost in the haunted room. Yeah. I mean, I guess if that's enough evidence for it that multiple people saw it, sure. Okay, it's corroborated, I guess. Sure. Okay. Up next, this one doesn't have a title. So this one's just, here's a story that dates back to 1910, but almost any student at Huntington College in Montgomery, Alabama should recognize it. That's because the events that led up to it are said to have actually happened. As the story goes, in 1910, a young woman who was new to the school and known for her love of the color red. I see. Every one of these articles I've found for this show is always like either told in run-on sentences, run-on sentences, or doesn't make grammatical sense. Like the Bigfoot one was crazy because all the case files were like people who did not know English or like uh. they were just sentences would be like. 80 words long and there'd be 30 commas throughout it. It's like, guys, just throw a period. This one is, as the story goes, in 1910, a young woman who was new to the school was known for her love of the color red. That's a sentence. Yeah. They actually got it. It's a breath of fresh air. Well. Sadly, she was also known for being strange (laughs) and a loner. As the first term got underway, the young woman grew increasingly isolated. Eventually, she took her life by slashing her wrists. Oh my god, that's a turn. Her body was discovered in a red gown, drenched in blood. From then on, students and faculty have been reporting sightings of a young woman dressed all in red. 
She's appeared all around the college's campus. The figure dwelling in perpetual isolation is often cited as a reminder of the importance of being kind to one's peers. Okay. Now that you've read one of Alabama's ghost stories, don't miss these scary urban legends from every state. That's an embedded link where they're trying to get more traction on their website. But we can't explore that. Well, um, we can't explore that on paper. Um, okay, that's a classic, classic story of a college student kills themselves and haunts the campus. Yeah. Classic. This doesn't even really have any good like evidence of the thing. It just says, here's the story, and then people saw a ghost. Yeah, well... It's. I feel like they say it's like everybody who went to this college would know about this. Well, how about we talk to one of those people? Yeah, and that's why we got one. Come on in. Come Guest. on in. Welcome. <laughs> yes. Come on in. Sorry, studio audience. That was a little joke. No one's coming in. <laughs> All right, no one's coming in. Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. I'm disappointed too. Yeah, if only we could have planned this out a little better. Maybe next time. Uh, maybe next time. Well, I'll, I'll give it. I'll, I'll just give that a thumbs up for for school <laughs> ghost mascot. <laughs> that one gets a thumbs up out of five. Yep. All right. Uh, here's another one. This next true tale comes from the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. Okay, another ghost from college. College ghost. Yeah, the haunting happened in 1972 at a party hosted by University of Michigan students living on Ashley Street. Oh my god. A 15-year-old girl who probably had no business being there in the first place suddenly felt a strange, bone-chilling cold. In an attempt to warm up, she went upstairs. Why was it? I thought they were going to address why a 15-year-old girl was at a college party, but I guess I not. mean, it's okay. the 70s. You know what? Yeah, f- all is forgiven. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but, like, it's the 70s. So. It was a different time. They were a bunch of freaks. All right. In an attempt to warm up, she went upstairs because heat rises, we guess. Okay. That's when things really went awry. I like how this one has, like, the uh, the journalist's interpretation of the events outside of just, like, the events themselves. Yeah, who it's cares like, if a 15-year-old's partying in 1972? My theory is heat rises. Uh, one of the walls of the house started moving, and a black shadow approached the girl. Meanwhile, downstairs, posters were spontaneously popping up the wall and falling into a growing pile on the floor. The girl wandered back downstairs, where she found herself saying these strange words, the drugs and addictions were my fault, and I accept responsibility for that. But I was not that way deep down inside. I want to apologize to everyone involved in what I've done. What made these words even stranger was that the girl did not do drugs, let alone have an addiction. Her words didn't seem all that strange to the students who lived in the house. Before they moved in, the house had been inhabited by a man with a very serious addiction. The reason he no longer lived there, he had died of a heroin overdose. Has the ghost of Ashley Street made any more appearances? That remains a mystery. Has it? I don't know. That's kind of... That one's okay, I guess. I mean... That one's okay. I mean... It is, to me, it's doing one of the cliche things, which is little girl is scary. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, classic like she got She got possessed. Yeah. That's definitely what they uh, want us to be. Why do we have so many windows here? Seriously, why are we just able to spectate this? Well, we do have an audience. We do have an audience. Yeah. Make some noise, studio audience. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. That was an abrupt cut. <sighs> this story, I mean, I like it. Like, there's some added details in it. I mean, like, posters flying off the walls, yada, yada. Yeah. In the end, a little girl went up to the attic or something and came back downstairs with something to say. And she said it. And she said it. Well, maybe the ghost just wanted to say something. and Wanted to quickly apologize to the college partygoers. 
apologize to everybody that he killed himself. <laughs> I love that. Overdose. He's like, guys, I'm really sorry. I know I screwed up. Thanks for having me. He just had to get it out there in the world one last time. I mean, they may not have known him, but sometimes you can open up best to strangers. And I think that goes. Well, you're bringing a much more like uh, wise angle to this than we normally have. Well, I mean, when you think about it, ghosts are people too, I guess. They were people. They are people. They They have human-like entities to them. They can't be perfect. And that's the hard thing about determining a real ghost story. I mean, like, maybe the ghost is just an idiot who, like, only follows cliches. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, shoot. He lured the 15-year-old girl in, said, let me possess you, and then said a scary line. Who are we to judge a ghost? Yeah, I guess, you know, they have to do their thing somewhere or another. I'll give this one real. Okay. This is real. That one's real. Yeah. Ghost proven so far. We've proven one, we've maybe one, and we've denied one. That's one ghost. Okay. Uh, this next real-life ghost story concerns a man named Fed- Frederick Jordan, who held one of the most lonely and desolate jobs in existence. Jordan was the lighthouse keeper for Penfield Reef Lighthouse, the coast of Fairfield, Connecticut. These ones, even though I think they're probably pretty easy to disprove, I enjoy. I like a scary lighthouse. Oh, yeah. Lighthouse great scary spot scary in general oh, whoops bumped the mic Excuse, sorry studio audience sorry about that. don't you better not laugh guys don't laugh. <laughs> oh man uh, come oh, on guys. guys it's not that good you guys calm down calm down for All some right. reason this one's way longer than like the clap i don't know it's like 16 seconds or something hey it cracks them up they've they just love it they love the slapstick anyway um, built in 1874, the lighthouse was primarily a way of warning ships of... Yeah, we know what lighthouses are for. What the I keep reading. I didn't know that. Hidden <laughs> it was a primarily a way of warning ships of a treacherous hidden reef responsible oh, for okay. more than its fair share of harbor accidents. 1916, Frederick Jordan was the head lighthouse keeper. Tragically, he drowned in a boating accident just before Christmas of that year. Oh, my God. He was When he was caught in a gale while rowing home to see his family. Ever since then, lighting and equipment malfunctions in the lighthouse have been blamed on Jordan's spiritual presence. But even more chilling is that keepers of the Penfield Reef Lighthouse often find the lighthouse logbook open to the day Jordan died. And locals have recounted witnessing an unidentifiable figure appearing on the water to help stray boats find their way to safety near the reef. Wow. There was pretty much no ghost evidence in this one. It was like sometimes lights flicker and maintenance, and then, you know, if you're visiting this lighthouse, you'd think people would just go to check out the logbook anyway and be like, oh, that's the day he died. Interesting. Yeah, that is true, especially because they they make note of it, and I guess he was kind of known. I hate to say it. This one's terrible. This is a fun story. This is a terrible ghost story. Yeah, whether it's true or not, it's just not presented very good. Mm Mm-hmm. I bet it's got a lot of good evidence, actually, but they're just bad. Yeah. Well. Embarrassing, frankly. That's that's the issue with the, the ghost hunting community is we don't get good media representation. Yeah. A lot of jokers, a lot of guys who go in and they're uh-huh. like, guys, trust me, the knife really was floating. We didn't catch uh-huh. it on camera, but it happened. Yeah, or posting just Reddit stories without yeah. grammar corrections. I mean, this Come is on. real life stuff, guys. Get a Gotta grip. be serious. Get a grip. Anyway, what'd you know about the the colonies, thirteen original? Uh, what do I know about them? Yeah, dude. The cool thing about them, it's like the oldest place in America. 
Well, that's at least America. United America. States. United States. Yeah. Yeah. That's better. United States history. And and that just means I mean visiting them today, you might find some some old find some a old couple stuff. of ghosts, a couple of pilgrim ghosts. You might find some creepy, dusty cobweb ghosts. And a good place to find it would be at the Lost Colony of Roanoke. Oh. I'm sure you've heard about Roanoke before. All these guys were there. They were like, we're dying. This sucks. And then somebody said, I'll get on the boat. I'll go get you some supplies. He left. He came back. They were fully gone. Like, it kind of looked like there was a bear attack, but it also kind of looked like they were just gone for no reason. So it was pretty scary. There were no bodies. Unsolved. Yeah. And so we have the Roanoke Colony being one of the first Europeans. I hope it doesn't say that. I just knew that. I remembered that from history class. So if I just read whatever. Located on an island off the coast of what is now the state of North Carolina. I thought it was in Virginia. That's crazy. The colony was established in 1587 under the auspices. Do you know how to say that word? Let's see. Auspices. Under the auspices. Okay, well, I don't know what that word means, but yeah. let's, uh, let's hope our audience is smart. Queen Elizabeth us. ordered that. Um, soon after, the colony's leader, John White, returned to England from where the settlers came. Yep, his trip was meant to be brief. He was only meant to grab supplies and return to the New World, but political upheaval in the form of England's war with Spain prevented White from returning until 1590. It was only three years later, but a lot had changed when John White returned. In fact, the entire colony, consisting of 115 people, including a newborn baby by the name of Virginia Dare, was gone. Just up and vanished. All that was left was a post onto which the word Croton had been carved. Croton referred to the name of a tribe that had been on good terms with the settlers. So White thought the colonists had moved to Croton Island, known as Hatteras in North Carolina. But they had not. It remains one of the most famous disappearances that no one can explain. What's more, there's never been any evidence to suggest the colony was massacred. Oh, this is interesting. I guess there was a phantom deer that started appearing. And Mm -hmm. um, according to people who have lived there in uh, North Carolina for a long time, they believe the ghost is of that newborn baby, Virginia Dare. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, interesting. Could have been ghosts. They could have turned into ghosts. Could have been a lot of things. I don't know. This is a ghost story. This is more more of like kind of a... Story about this place, you know, a little history revisit, creepy little unsolved moment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's fascinating. Uh, it's actually not as many people as I thought it was. Only like yeah. hundred and fifty or something. Kind of make hundred and fifteen. Fifteen, which wow. is it kind of makes sense considering all they had were boats and you had to go on like months long journey. Yeah, and it's like people probably died on the way, throw them into the sea. Yeah, I can't can't imagine like a whole city there, at least. But it's a nice little tribe of folks. Yeah, it's uh, it's not too easy to lose 115 people. Yeah, it, the thing is, it was the the best theory I've heard on this is they probably just like assimilated with the Native American uh, Croatians there. They probably just like yeah. sort of hang out with them. They were like, "Hey, let us show you how to do this." You guys are like dying in these crappy houses. Yeah, they may have just hung out with them. We've been here for like thousands of years. Check this out. Let me show you how to make corn. Yeah, they probably just like got like. Got in with them, and then they're like, screw these other people. <laughs> yeah, they, I feel like at that point, like, spend all day outside goofing around. They probably developed some different muscle definition. I mean, they could keeping culture is different. They went to the new world, and they wanted a new life. They got it. They got it. So, yeah. Uh, thumbs up, I guess. Thumbs up out of five. Yeah. That one is. That's a, that's a story. That's just uplift. That's a good story. Yep.
Hopefully that's what happened. I know some people think they got abducted by aliens too. Well, we don't we don't talk about aliens <laughs> in the ghost community. The that's ghost a, that's community. A very, that's a very touchy subject. Yeah. And when I was in elementary school, there we had we were learning about this and I raised my hand cuz I was a big aliens believer. Oh yeah. And I was like, I think aliens may have done it. And everybody laughed and they thought I was joking. It didn't really make me upset, but the teacher was like, if you're not going to be serious, you could go kill yourself or Ooh. whatever she said. And yeah. I was heartbroken because I was in elementary school, and the teacher ridiculed my idea. Wow, it's. Uh, I'll I mean, say, there's a I lot. Mean, of hopefully, she turns into a ghost sometime soon. Oh, she will. That old rat. For that, she will. For that, she will. There's a, there's a lot of stuff going on, you know. Whether it, whether it, it do be ghosts, whether it do be aliens. <laughs> there was something that happened for sure. Something that happened, and that's why we give it a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Uh, next one. The Princess and the Tower. So, mm. already a weird name. What is this? Uh, Tangled? All right. Shrek. <laughs> uh, thank you, guys. They love it. All right. All right. Thanks, Shrek. Thank you, Shrek. All right. This is the story of two young princes, brothers Edward and Richard, who were imprisoned in the Tower of London to prevent them from becoming king and heir apparent, respectively. In April 1483, when King Edward IV died, his eldest son, Edward V, who was just 12 years old, briefly became king. Because of his young age, he had a regent appointed. in. That regent was the young king's uncle, known as the Duke of Gloucester. This uncle was known to be deeply resentful that the boys even existed. If it weren't for them, he would have been the next in line of succession. What happened next is shrouded in mystery indeed. It is one of the strangest British royal family mysteries. Talk about scumbags, British royal family. British What a royal big mystery. Family. Did the uncle kill them in, in pursuit of power? Yes, he did. Probably. Uh, it appears that the young king and his brother Richard, the Duke of York, were kidnapped and locked away in the Tower of London, after which the Duke of Gloucester declared himself King Richard III. The two young princes were never seen or heard from again, and two small skeletons that were eventually found in the tower are believed to be all that's left of them, other than the ghostly apparitions, that is. British papers have reported on visitors who claim to have seen the ghostly figures. Is it tabloid fodder or proof of the paranormal? That's for you to... See, you know what's terrible about this article, the, all of these? This is like two paragraphs of history, and then it says they were never seen again except for skeletons, and that's all that's left for them, other than the ghostly apparitions. Mm, and what are the ghostly apparitions? That's the only thing it mentions, and then it says nothing. It's just mm. like, what do you do? You think the ghosts are real? Here's the no evidence we've given you. Because the thing is, I, I kind of understand the argument that, you know, maybe... Um, the article wasn't intended for that. This is called mm -hmm. 12 Scary Ghost Stories to Make Halloween 2022 Your Creepiest Yet. Well, this isn't scary. Sorry, no, guys. It's not, it's not scary. I, I, I agree with you. And that energy, I feel it. But at the same time, we got to know that. It's weird. Can we be heard still? Yeah, we can. For some reason, the Bluetooth started trying to connect. Bluetooth. Because they threw this down on a little machine. But um, Machines. I don't know. I mean... The ghosts, the ghouls, they just don't get written about very well, it seems. It's and true. I feel like that maybe could be in part to be because of them, so that those who have that knowledge... They want to keep the knowledge to themselves. Either they want to keep it to themselves, or the ghouls are getting into their brains and making, them, and making them write really bad papers about them, and then people think it's just a bunch of hoopla. And it's because of the ghosts making ghost journalists really bad journalists. I think you're right. I think so, too. And I sure hope they haven't gotten to us. Oh, no. 
Don't even, don't jinx it. I imagine the audience sitting there listening to this, big frown on their face, like, this is terrible. This is well, the worst thing ever. At least the audience can know that what they're listening to is, it's high class. It's high class. Here, like, you've got the impish ghost, the eerie attic, the boy with no eyes. So far, the boy with no Fred eyes Jordan. is the one that's piqued my interest. Although, I think I only gave that one, what, a thumbs up? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, which one was real? Which one, did we, was that one determined the one, real? The one that I thought or was, was real was the 15-year-old girl at the party. Okay. So, yeah, uh, we've done it. Oh, wow. Ghosts are real. Ghosts are real, but you know what's not real? The promise that they're going to keep me up at night. Yeah. This did not send shivers down my spine. It put a frown on my face, and frankly... It didn't. Audience, watch this. Ooh. That's the first time I've ever done this. That was um, multiple pages, guys. Normally with my case files, I keep them in... My car looks like it belongs to an insane person because in my back seat, I have like five printed out papers of like Bigfoot evidence. I have some evidence of the Jersey Devil, some evidence of the Mothman. <laughs> and I look crazy going to the media lab to print this stuff out because I'm there like Googling scariest monster sightings or like proof of Frogman. People are just like, okay, I guess he's back. <sighs> They'll never understand us. They won't. Frankly. Anyway, um, I think that's also all I really have for this part. I mean, wow. audience, yeah. how do you feel? Are ghosts real? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. All right, audience. Yes. Shout out, audience. We love a like-minded audience. But yeah, um, this has been the Goblin Hour. Or should I say the Goblin Half an Hour? Oh, <laughs> it's only been Thanks, that long. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. Thank you. Come on. Guys. We gotta we gotta wrap up the show here. Guys, for real. Stop. All right, hey, Stop. I see you there. Stop. Quit goofing around. All right. All right, thanks. But yeah, um, as always, I've been myself, the host, Ben. Do you want to shout anything out, Jackson? Yeah, shout out to the ghost who lives on the basement in the Kate Center. Yeah, shout out sh- to that ghost. His name is John. He got killed in an elevator. Shout out. Uh, I'm Jackson. This is Real X Goblin Hour. It's over now. Yeah, check out Real. Great show. Yeah. Great people, great stories, and it's all real. Is that your thing? Is that how it goes? It should be.